Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Empowered Word of Faith podcast. Good evening, everyone. This is Evangelist Alfreda Lockett Evans, and I'm from Full Gospel Holy Temple Church in Dallas, Texas. Tonight, we're going to be discussing the next four unfulfilled prophecies of the Bible. Tonight's podcast will cover number five, number six, number seven, and number eight. The fifth unfulfilled prophecy is the abomination of desolation. Let's begin. The abomination of desolation is one of the most interesting prophecies in the Bible because Jesus identifies it as a specific sign that the end is near. The first scripture, Matthew 24 and 15 through 21. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Now, when the abomination of desolation occurs, it will usher in the second three and one half years of the tribulation period known as the great tribulation. So what exactly is an abomination? An abomination is a vile, shameful, or detestable action, condition, or habit. Antiochus IV Epiphanes, a Syrian king in 167 BC, erected a statue of Zeus in the Holy of Holies and desecrated the sanctuary and his holy vessels. This was an example of an abominable act. But what Antiochus IV Epiphanes did so long ago, however, only serves as a type of the abomination that will be committed by the Antichrist. The Antichrist himself will be the ultimate fulfillment of the prophecies in Daniel 9 and 27, Daniel 11, and Matthew 24 and 15. This is why Jesus referred to the desecration of the temple as a still future event. That prophecy states that the Antichrist shall stand in the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, will cause all sacrifices to cease, he will declare himself to be God and require all men to serve him as God. That this ultimate abomination will be committed is further validated in Daniel 12 and 11, Matthew 24, 15, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 4, and Revelation 13 and 8. Daniel 12 and 11. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. 
Matthew 24, 15 says, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3-4 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Revelation 13 and 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Following that abomination, the desolation will occur. A desolation is a state of complete emptiness or destruction. The desolation will be atomic wars in which all grass will be burned up. One-third of the trees will be burned up. Oceans and rivers will be contaminated and cities will be burned. That's Ezekiel 29 and 9 through 11. Ezekiel 29 and 9 through 11 states, And the land of Egypt shall be desolate and waste. And they shall know that I am the Lord, because he hath said, The river is mine, and I have made it. Behold, therefore, I am against thee and against thy rivers, and I will make the land of Egypt utterly waste and desolate, from the tower of Syene even unto the border of Ethiopia. No foot of man shall pass through it, nor foot of beast shall pass through it, neither shall it be inhabited forty years. The final three and one half years of the tribulation will be a time of distress never known before by man. Were the days not shortened, no one would be able to survive. But God has a remedy, even in these worst of times. Look for unfulfilled prophecy number six to see how God will move during that time. And now we come to unfulfilled Bible prophecy number six, which is tribulation period witnesses. The 144,000, the 144,000, the man child of Revelation 12 and 5 are 12,000 men from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. They will be saved and sealed by God so that they're able to endure the trumpet judgments of Revelation 8 through 11. There will be great witnesses for God during the tribulation and shall cause millions who missed the rapture to be saved. The sealing and beginning of their ministry begins during the initial three and one half years of the tribulation period. And then we have God's two witnesses. In the last half of the tribulation, known as the Great Tribulation, God will send two witnesses who will prophesy to the entire world. They will let the world know that the tribulation that they are experiencing is due to the judgment of Almighty God. They will perform many miracles during the final three and one half years of the tribulation period. Of course, many will oppose them and hate them, but the two witnesses will be full of the power of God. 
They will be able to kill their enemies with fire that blasts out of their mouths. That's Revelation 11 and 5. They will be able to shut up the heavens and stop the rain. Revelation 11 and 5. They will be able to shut up the heavens and stop the rain from falling. Revelation 11 and 6. Just as Elijah did when he was on earth in 1 Kings 7 and 1. They will be able to turn water into blood. Revelation 11 and 6. And they will be able to call plagues upon the earth just as Moses did in Exodus 7 through 12. Many have speculated about who these two witnesses will be, but John simply identified them in Revelation 11 and 4 as the two olive trees and the two candlesticks that stand before the Lord of the earth. Some think there will be Moses and Elijah for several reasons, including the fact that they both appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus in Matthew 7 and 1 through 9. And they both left earth in unusual ways. Moses, according to the book of Deuteronomy, was buried by God himself. And that's found in Deuteronomy 34 and 6. And Elijah left earth on a chariot of fire. And that's found in 2 Kings 2 and 11. However, there are those who believe that the second witness will be Enoch instead of Moses. And they remind us that both Elijah and Enoch never died. Hebrew 9 and 27 says, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. And that requires that all men must die as natural men. Regardless of who the witnesses are, they will be powerful witnesses for the Lord. At the completion of their assignment, the two witnesses will be killed and will lie dead for three and a half days amidst great rejoicing and celebration. Evil men will not even allow them to be buried. Revelation 11 and 9. Then, in a massive display of supernatural majesty and power, God himself will raise them up to life again, stand them on their feet, and with his mighty voice, he's going to call them to heaven. Fear will fall upon the people as they watch the two witnesses rise and ascend into heaven on a cloud. The Bible says their enemies will behold them as they triumph over death itself. That's Revelation 11 and 12. A great earthquake will occur destroying 7,000 men and that will cause many to glorify God. So that ends number six, the tribulation period witnesses. And now we will take a look at the key unfulfilled Bible prophecy number seven. Many people have heard of this one. It's called the mark of the beast. Another name for the Antichrist is the beast. And that's found in Revelation 13 and one. After the Antichrist becomes the dictator of the world, he will blaspheme against God and the inhabitants of heaven, which includes the raptured saints in Revelation 13 and 6. He will perform many other evil deeds. He will perform miraculous signs and wonders, and he will war against and overcome many of the saints who are saved after the rapture has taken place. That's Revelation 13 and 7. 
Revelation 13 and 11 tells us that another beast will also appear who will be known as the false prophet. He will be a subordinate of the Antichrist and will exercise all of the powers of the Antichrist. He will cause everyone on earth to worship the first beast. He will cause an image of the Antichrist to be made that will be given life and that will be able to speak and do personal acts. This false prophet will demand that every person is assigned a number and or a mark in his hand or in his forehead. Revelation thirteen sixteen through 17 says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Only those who acknowledge the Antichrist as God will get the mark, and only those who are assigned a number will be able to work, buy, or sell. An attempt will be made to kill everyone who does not receive or have the mark of the beast. On the other hand, taking the mark of the beast would declare that the Antichrist is God, thereby denying the true and living God. That denial will certainly damn one's soul to hell forever because the person who denies God actually worships Satan. Here's what God has to say in the book of Revelation, chapter 14, about anyone who receives the mark of the beast. This is the 19th and 11th verse of that chapter. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. People, this is a good time to pause and ask ourselves an important question. Would I be able to resist taking the mark of the beast when faced with starvation, nakedness, peril, and death of not only myself, but of my loved ones? Again, beloved, this is the easiest time to be saved. We encourage all who wish to escape the unfathomable horrors of life on earth during the tribulation period to get saved now. Please do not miss the rapture. By the way, have you noticed that in this year, 2020, several companies are already starting to have people receive a mark in their hand or their forehead. It's just practice. It's practice for what's going to happen during the great tribulation. And now we are come to the eighth, number eight, key unfulfilled Bible prophecy. And this one is called the Battle of Armageddon. After the Antichrist commits the abomination of desolation, calling himself God, the Jews will reject him as the Messiah and he will respond to them with an attempt to destroy them all. This coming battle, which will occur just before Christ returns to set up his millennial kingdom, is called the Battle of Armageddon. 
Revelation 16 and 16. And they assembled them at the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. Zechariah 14, 1 through 2. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoils shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. This battle is a battle in which God will settle his account with the nations of the world. Zephaniah 3 and 8. Therefore wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey. For my determination is to gather the nations, that I may assemble the kingdoms, to pour upon them mine indignation, even all my fierce anger. For all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. In Joel 3, 13 through 14, he spoke of the coming day of the Lord in this way. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. When the Antichrist makes his final attempt to kill every Jew, they, the Jews in Jerusalem, must immediately run for the mountains for safety. Zechariah 14 and 15 says, Then ye shall flee through my mountain valley, for the mountain valley shall reach to Azal. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah. Revelation 12, 13 through 17. And when the dragon saw that he was cast upon the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a while and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandment of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now this battle will include armies from all nations. The purpose of the battle of Armageddon is not only to attempt to destroy the Jews, but also to prevent the return of Jesus Christ. Of course, that purpose will not be fulfilled. Jesus's victory in this battle will end the tribulation period. Jesus and his host will not have to fight because he will end it with the words of his mouth. Let's read Revelation 19:11 through 16. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. 
and he was clothed with the vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. That's us, y'all. And out of his mouth goeth the sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, my. He is going to end the world as we know it with his coming with a sword of his mouth. And this concludes the prophecy number eight, the battle of Armageddon. We will end this podcast at this point and the final podcast will conclude the final four prophecies that were unfulfilled numbers nine through 12. Thank you.